Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Well, welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry colleague, Lila Van Gerpen, I'm Rob Dixon. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is no doubt. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners, exploring stories about what flourishing mixed-gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. This week, our guests are Becca Townsend and Scott Sinner, co-workers at Green Valley Community Church in lovely Placerville, California. Scott and Becca, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. We're We're excited. We're glad to have you. Um, Tell you what, why don't you start and just give us a sense of what your roles are at Green Valley and how you work together as partners. Well, technically, I'm the lead pastor, but we have an executive team that's made up of four women and two men, which I'm one of. And uh, there's a lot of collaborative efforts that go on there. But each executive uh, pastor um, owns a specific um, goal of our church. And we have four buckets, which is missions, outreach, next gen and discipleship. And so we just collaborative work together and I kind of oversee and make sure that we're heading in the right direction, but there's a lot of shared decision-making in that Mm. process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I um, am one of the teaching pastors. There's three teaching pastors, Scott, John, and myself. And then I'm one of the executive leaders and I oversee all of our next gen ministry, which is uh, for us, zero to 29. Uh, That's nursery, kids, junior high, high school, and young adults. Yes. Love that. Yeah, cool. And we should tell listeners, you, you two share an office, right? So you do work together really closely. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just because of limited space, we've all had to be very creative on how we uh, oh. operate on a weekly basis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's great. Great. Awesome. Well, and and we should also tell listeners, um, Scott is a Raider, uh, Las Vegas Raiders fan, and Becca is a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. So this is a story Uh of reconciliation across difference, right? That is right. I don't know if reconciliation is actually (laughs) I think tolerance is a better word. That's right. I am so looking forward to our conversation today. Uh, To kick us off and get to know you a little more, let me start with a conversation, a fun question what is a mixed gender partnership that you each appreciate from literature, movies, or shows, and why do you appreciate it? Okay, we actually talked about this a little bit. We <laughs> were we were kind of okay. Who does what? And and we kind of thought about some stuff. Well, mine goes way back, and I'm not even sure you guys might be alive when these this partnership <laughs> took place. But I'm an old guy. But I got to tell you, the Carol Burnett show with Harvey Corman and Tim Conway was absolutely amazing. And I remember as a kid uh, looking forward to watching that show with my parents. And it was just the the talents of all of them merging together in mm. comedy was absolutely phenomenal. And so when I look back and I look at partnerships, that's one that stands out for me. They were just great working together in chemistry. And I always love the fact that Harvey Corman always wanted to break down and laugh during the skits. That was one of my favorite things. So, yeah. 
I, th- I think in our um, examples, you're going to see not only are there gender differences between the two of us, but also generational <laughs> differences. Because when he brought that one up to me, I was like, whoa, like that I think is a little bit before my time. And so the one that I came up with was actually Scully and Mulder. Oh, yeah. And yeah. how, you know, they both had different strengths that ultimately complemented each other mm-hmm. in their efforts to, you know, deal with the weird stuff that was going yeah. on. Honestly, there's a lot of weird stuff that comes up in the <laughs> So I'm thankful for Scott's strengths. I think he's thankful for mine and how they work together oh, in dealing with the weird. So yeah. <laughs> I Amazing. love it. I don't Amazing. I'm not sure if we've had either of those. Um, <laughs> maybe the X Files, but we've never had Carol Burnett show. So Definitely not. <laughs> so way to go, Scott. So le- listeners it. are gonna have to go YouTube that one. And I know, right. I was just trying to grab something. Yeah. I love it. That's I love great. it. No, it's a great, great example. Good. Well, let me let me start you at the beginning a little bit. So as you, you've set up the system now where you share leadership in your church and you two in particular, uh, where did you get that idea in the first place? Like, was that something you, you just came up with intuitively or was that modeled for you? Or is that something you found in scripture? Like, where did that idea of sharing ministry leadership come from? Well, I don't, yeah, it wasn't modeled in anything I can point to. Um, and I didn't come up with it. I kind of stumbled on it, okay. matter of fact. So um, on a time when I was here and I was in a role um, similar to Rebecca's, <clears throat> excuse me, I was working with uh, a lady who was, uh, you know, she was helping me do the ministry, which we called Life Skills. And I had a vision for this ministry but the ministry would have never happened without her implementation. So that partnership over, I think it was like 14 years or something to that effect was just amazing. Um, we are very different in our likes and, and hobbies and, you know, political leanings. But as far as the partnership goes, when it came to ministry, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was thinking about, okay, well, where did this all come from? Cause I saw the question and, and I think I just stumbled on it because it works so well. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I've never had like any issues with working with females or anybody. It just, it's just whoever is the best fit mm-hmm. works. So that's how I came upon it. Yeah. yeah that's great. Becca, how about for you? Any, anything you want to add from your perspective? Well, so I've been here for about a year and a half. And so I um, was brought into this uh, current leadership structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but in previous ministry, um, I was really fortunate to have to be able to work with pastors and other staff members that where there was a lot of mutuality and shared leadership, whether that was, you know, um, you could see it on paper or if it was just kind of lived out. Um, it, it really... I was able to just benefit from that and learn from that and grow from that and see that it was actually a possibility instead of you have to stay here and you have to stay here and you have to stay here, regardless of what your gifts are or how, you know, somebody could add something to this area. And so just coming into this structure has been very natural for me and um, actually really life-giving. It's really remarkable to see this team of six people um, tackle some really difficult things, um, but to share the weight of that and to share differing perspectives and then somewhere find what we feel like is going to benefit our faith community the most has been really incredible to see. 
That's a beautiful way to put that. Yeah. Let's let's keep going with that. And you're starting to talk about the benefits of this leadership structure, leadership structure that you have, this team of four women, two men who are making executive leadership decisions for the community. What are some of the advantages of this type of leadership? And what what's might be a story that you have to tell that illustrates the gift of this type of partnership? So the advantages are just, I mean, I think very practical and the advantages are you have different perspectives and different um, expertise that comes to the table and experiences for that matter. So some of us have been down this road with the experience and some of us have been down this road. So we bring those together. It's just, it's better for decision-making. It just is. And so uh, Rebecca is right. We've had to tackle a lot of um, logistical issues and personnel issues and stuff. But when you're bouncing them off each other, it's way better. And it's also biblical because doesn't the Bible say, you know, to get together with some other people and bounce some stuff off to get some? I mean, that's a biblical thing. So uh, the collaboration has been great. The the part about collaboration that also has to be a part of it is you got to kind of check your self-esteem at the door because if it doesn't go your way, um, then you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay. The collective decision here is okay. I'm going to lean into these guys. I'm going to lean into this decision at this point. Mm-hmm. At, at no point have I, as a senior leader at this point and this day in the last three years, have had to go. Now I'm. We're doing this. Uh, it. It. I'm. It's always been a collective uh, decision making, and it's yeah. wonderful because when you walk out of the room. You, you got all these people behind you or with you, I should say, yeah. not behind you, but with you on this decision. So if you're going to get kickback, you've already go, no, 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 we've, we've really plowed through this. And um, there's a lot of wise people on the same pages that I'm on. So it's really yeah. a team effort. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So I would say recently, even as as recent as last week, something came up for us and I had um, one of my co-executive leaders kind of come to me with it. And, you know, she was struggling with what do we do about this? And she brought it to me and I was like, oh, I don't know what we do about this. And we sat there and we committed to having a conversation about it for like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. just looking at it from all different angles together and just really trying to discern together what the right next step was. And then it just like appeared in that mm-hmm. conversation. And we both looked at each other and we're like, we're so grateful that we wow. could hash that out together. You know, and then our next steps was we brought it to Scott. We said, this is what we came up with. And, and he's like, all right, I'm on board. And then we took it to the rest of the executive team and they were like, okay, we're all on board. So communication mm-hmm. in that type of leadership structure is key. And I would agree with check your ego at the door. Like or at the street before you even get on this, <laughs> because and really trust has to be established and maintained yeah. and protected mm-hmm. and guarded because if we're gonna be having these conversations with each other, we've got to know this is not me coming at you personally. This is us trying to lean into the hard together mm-hmm. and pick up the weight together, and we want the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so another thing that I think we're good at as a team is keeping the main thing the main. Yeah. Thing and really honing our focus in on that, which then allows all the extraneous things to kind of fall into place. Yeah. That's great. And I love it. I, I mean, it sounds like the alternative is you have a problem and you are just responsible for it and you carry the weight of it and you are stuck and you don't know how to get out. You know, 
And and so by sh- sharing partnership, sharing leadership, you're um, you're like there's there's an invitation to focus on like you're standing next to each other mm-hmm. and saying the goal is to move forward yes. rather than feeling like my performance is the goal, right? And so yeah, I love the. Um, importance of checking your ego and focusing on what is the main thing that we're aiming for here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's no silos, no silos. So that's, what's really cool. And we own a lot of it. So for instance, in, in the structure, we have an operations executive who is uh, over all the operations, but they don't carry the weight of that on their own, especially through budget season and all those things. We all do. Yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful thing. It's it's you know I'm I, I come from basketball history as far as playing and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and I love basketball. And when you walk out on the court, you're walking out on the court with you know four other guys or yeah. or people who are with you in this battle. Yeah. that's the way I yeah. feel about the team. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Evident. That's great. That's great. And go Lakers. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. So I I mean. So those are some of the advantages. The other side of the coin is it can be hard sometimes, I'm guessing, some challenges. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone brings their ego with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, doesn't doesn't leave it in the car, brings it with them. I don't know. But what are some of the the challenges you've come across as you've been living out this this structure and this idea of shared leadership? You're new, so you probably <laughs> that higher. Start level. with Becca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there is a culture right here. Um, there is a way of interacting and a way of interpreting things. And so as the new person in the group of six, I would say kind of deciphering the unspoken uh-huh. um, rules of engagement has been probably my, the biggest challenge. And honestly, it hasn't been that big of a deal um, because before I even accepted this position, and I think before they even offered it to me, we were able to interact with one another. And really, I think they did a really good job in the process of like exploring, is this going to be a good fit? Right. And and I asked some really good questions. I think we asked good questions of each other. And so that minimized some of that culture shock um, that you can have as a new person person. And also this, this um, executive team is relatively a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been here forever. Mm-hmm. And so, w- so that started before I came and then they introduced a totally different outsider person. Right. And, and a lot of them have known each other for decades. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you, you introduce something new, you introduce a different perspective, the chemistry of the group changes. Yeah. And so, and, and it could even be the chemistry could change based off of season of life, like depending on what I'm going through personally or what somebody else is going on, um, going through personally that could impact the chemistry. And so that I think is probably one of the main challenges as far as where potential conflict arises or misunderstanding or butting of heads or, you know, because we're all human, we all have egos, we all have these things, we're flawed, we're not perfect. Um, and so those are the areas that I've kind of seen as challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the challenges would be if one executive pastor and another one responsible for another position, if they're, if there's ministries cross over in some fashion and they're not in agreement, then they have mm. to figure out how to do that how to how to overcome that um so that's a conflict uh you know a, a, a difficulty one of the things for me personally is that on our structure somebody's got to do reviews 
So we're highly relational. We're highly um, connected. All of us are. Mm-hmm. But in the review process, we have to go and get down to the nitty gritty. So there's this part of me in my personal things like going, oh, I got to talk about this. And this is yeah. my friend. And this is somebody that I love. But that can be p- potentially where you could uh, guard your words or hold back what really needs to be mm-hmm. said. And I've, I've struggled with that from time to time. I've been able to get it out, but I have struggled with it because yeah. I, I love this team, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, that, that resonates for me. I mean, Lila and I, part of our history is we worked together, um, but on the org chart, I was her supervisor. And so I remember that moment of like, yeah. okay, it's review time. <laughs> and one yeah. of the things, Lila, I don't know if you remember, one of the things that, that helped us was just calling it out, naming it. Oh yeah, right? totally. To say like, okay, mm-hmm. it's time for this. Now I'm your supervisor the hat, the supervisor hats on. Yeah. How do you feel about this? And, and then going ahead with the review. So that, that resonates. Yeah. 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 yeah, especially when there's so much relational trust and value for relationship, it can feel tricky, but I think naming it yeah. and what you said, just even if you struggle through it to commit to do it, yeah. to yeah. have those conversations. Um, yeah. Yep. Well, let's. Um, I asked her say oh, one time, a long time ago that yeah. the best gift you could give someone is the truth. So mm. that's kind of been a philosophy that we've kind of all hung on to. So yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more with Becca and Scott. Join us for CBE's 2024 International Conference in Denver, Colorado on July 26 to 28. Tell Her Story, Women in Scripture and History. Highlights include engaging workshops and keynote sessions, thought-provoking discussions, speakers who are experts in their field, and upfront access to egalitarian resources, and much more. Don't miss this chance to examine the evidence of women who have shaped scripture and our world throughout history. Registration opens in January. Let's scale the mountains of evidence to tell her story together. Learn more at cbe.today conference. Okay, I imagine there's someone listening. Maybe they're in leadership and they're thinking like, oh, I would love this. This sounds so beautiful. But how do you actually make it happen? What does it take to lead a community in this shared type of leadership. Um, So can you offer some tips? I'd love to hear both of you. What are some tips you can share for others who are considering this type of arrangement in their church leadership? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would say you need to be really clear on your vision and your mission first, (laughs) because if you have that, um, then you can build um, a culture around that. And it that for us, I think one of the strengths of our team is that our vision and our mission is very clear. And so it just pulls us all in the same direction. Um, I have I have been in situations and environments where vision and mission is not clear. Mm-hmm. And it lends itself to um interpersonal tension and stress and insecurity. And so I feel a lot more secure and confident um, being part of a team and, and thinking about what I have to contribute because our vision and mission is so clear. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a follow-up on that? Um, when you think of the times where it felt unclear, is it because it was too broad or the the vision was so vague that it felt unclear how whether or not anyone was accomplishment or was it a structure of the team? Like we're, a, we're sharing leadership, but it, no one knows really what their area of responsibility is on the team. 
is it about the mission being vague or is it about like the team response, the nature of the team? You know what I mean? I think it was both. Okay. (laughs) Double whammy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and maybe both being important. Yeah. 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 On the personal side for people, uh, myself and all the rest of the executive staff, there's two things. One is you have to own what you've mm-hmm. been in charge of. But with ownership comes, uh, you have to allow that person to have the freedom to make decisions. Yeah. So there's this kind of like this balance in there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say you're like Becca, if you're going to say you're in charge of next gen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. But you can't be just a pawn yeah. that the senior guys tell them what to do and now go do it. Yeah. You have to let that person have vision for it, own it, you know, and so there's that yeah. balance that takes place. And so for me personally, on the, the lead pastor side, it's you, you just got to you got to trust the people that you work yeah. with, you know, and, and yeah. it's the same with her, with her peers mm-hmm. and the team. she's got to trust that, you know, John's going to handle this or Beth's going to handle that. So there's a lot of, I think it really comes down to a foundation of trust, but you have to, if you're going to allow, if you're going to want someone to do something and own it, you got to give them freedom to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. I love that. It's not just about being at the table. It's sharing, bringing your whole self, even if that means how someone else will do something is going to be different, but not necessarily bad or wrong. It's just going to be different and letting go of that power to say like, no, we all have to do it the way that you know, you might think, yeah. um, yeah, that's yeah. really right. important. That's right. Is, there, is there like a, are there concrete things that you two have done to build trust? Right. So that just doesn't happen overnight. You can't just sort of wish it into being like, are there things you've done to build trust? Yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> for any relationship to grow, there's gotta be two ingredients that takes place. First of all, you gotta have, be vulnerable and you gotta have grace. So if somebody's going to risk vulnerability in a relationship, then they have to be treated with grace on the other side or that person's never going to risk vulnerability ever again. Right. That's how, that's how relationships grow. So yeah. when it comes specifically to Rebecca and I, you know, there's been appropriate um, steps forward in our friendship of vulnerability mm-hmm. that's been re- received with grace. And so as that happens, then your relationships just naturally go deeper and the heart, the conversations that were hard at first are no longer hard. Mm-hmm. they're yeah. like you can just get it out there yeah. and, and so that's what we work on and on our uh, staff and some of the things that we teach around here is if you want to build a relationship with someone you have to know their know their story and know their present reality mm-hmm. when you know their story you're making a instant bond i took time to know where you came from what's your jesus story when you know their present reality you know what they're up against mm-hmm. every day so you know how to care for them and pray for them mm-hmm. yeah. So those are some of the things that I think have been worked into our staff. What would you say to that? Mm -hmm. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, I just, I just wonder. It was so long. And she from what I would say. That's vulnerability right there. With grace. So it's all. Just so you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're, I, I thought I felt like your answer was so complete that I want to hear it again. Right, totally. Listeners, we are deep into interpersonal dynamics yeah, right. right now. This is great. Um, yeah, Becca, I was just asking, like, are there concrete concrete things that y'all have done to build trust, right? Mm-hmm. To to grow that because it just it just doesn't just happen overnight. 
Yeah. I, I think it's just a repeated commitment to re-engage with one another. Mm-hmm. So we, it, we are not a team that is um, immune to hard conversations. We have them sometimes collectively when we're all in the same room and sometimes just one-on-one with each other. Um, and what I would say is there can be a temptation to disengage post-difficult conversation. And what I think we do mm-hmm. is that post-difficult conversation, we then lean back in with one another, which then allows us to to, to then go, this is still a safe relationship. This is the person that I thought they were, right? We had a disagreement, we worked through it, and now we re-engage with each other and we keep moving forward. And I think that's a really helpful practice for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's beautiful. I appreciate that. Um, let let uh, Let me ask you a question that gives you an opportunity to dream a bit or to to think more broadly about the big C church, right? Like as you think about the church, what's your, like if you could put into words your dreams, your hopes for the church in this area of shared leadership, specifically between women and men, um, like what advice would you give? What dreams do you have? So yeah, like if I gave you a magic wand and you could do anything to to change the church in this area, like what would it look like? Hmm. Wow. We don't have a magic wand, just to be clear. It's not in the budget. But if we did, if we did, I would give that to you. So yeah, what do you think? Well, I mean, for me, for the sake of sounding too simplistic, it's um, if, if you look at the church, we all have different parts that we, you know, are created for to roll back darkness in our world. Paul talks about this, you know, yeah. head, foot, arm. I think for me, if we would get past some of the things that um, become barriers for people to use their gifts and we just allow people to use their gifts. Um, I think we could see a lot of uh, real positive change um, in our communities. Cause you know, when we, when we go to church, we go to church here, we go to church to be inspired to go out in our world and do the work mm-hmm. of God. It's not to build some kind of hierarchy or some kind of, you know, a club where we're inspiring to go do that. So I think everybody has a place. And so for being simplistic, it's just allow people to use their gifts, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I just <laughs> want the body to be whole. I just want, um, you know, the hangups that we have. And I think a lot of them are. Um, driven by fear or lack of understanding or lack of experience or just kind of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could just trust God and his plan and his design, um, creating male and female in equality to be a blessing to one another mm-hmm. in different ways. Like if we could just live into the fullness of that in the body of Christ and not have these hangups of like, you fit in this box and you fit in this box and you fit in this box. Man, I would love to see the church just come alive in new ways. People fully released to live into the fullness of who God created them to be. Yep. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I love this conversation so much. It's so encouraging to hear your stories and this, you know, really not common, model of shared leadership in the church. And it, it just, um, it's evident that there's so many, uh, 
commitment, like a commitment that you have to make it work. And then also gifts that come out of making it work and what you're modeling to your community. So um, I have a question. If people wanted, if listeners wanted to see more of your partnership or hear more from you, how can they connect with you? Like on social media, where can they find you? Yeah. So, I mean, if they wanted to um, check out our church, um, yeah. Green Valley Community Church, and we're on Instagram, Green Valley CC, I think is the handle. Great. Um, we're also on Facebook, we're on YouTube. And um, so you can see us living out, um, you know, in our services, yeah. uh, this oh. mutuality. Yeah. Um, Very and then, cool. I don't know if that, our, our, Personal Instagram pages are really not that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. we can link the church one. Yeah. 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 That's great. <laughs> but that's a great idea, Becca, to say uh, if listeners want to get a feel for what this looks yeah. like in practice, they could go and watch a, on your YouTube channel, right? To watch a video of the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Scott Skinner and Becca Townsend, thanks so much for being a part of this conversation. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, you guys. You bet, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Well, that was, that's, that conversation life struck me as just easy, natural. Like they, they're so fluent in what they're doing. It really comes out. That was fun. Um, What's one thing that you're taking away from that conversation? Okay. One thing I'm taking away isn't as much as what they said, as much as what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I love this leadership structure. I love Mm -hmm. that there's you know, like many churches, there's a lead pastor, a head pastor, um, but but that person is not operating in a silo. They're operating on a team, an executive leadership team. It's made up of six people, which is larger than I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and yet, because of that, they have a diverse set of perspectives that come to the table to make decisions. Mm-hmm. I love that they're modeling, you know, this, yeah, just what he was talking about. There's no silos on this team. Mm-hmm. They're hashing hard things to, out together. They're working in partnership in different ways to make decisions. And I just think that that's refreshing. And also, um, I'd love to see more of that. I love yeah. that they're illustrating yeah. this type of leadership. Yeah. What yeah. about for you? Yeah, agreed. Well, th- yeah, for sure, that was powerful. I mean, just the thought that someone like Becca could go and lead her particular part yes. of the ministry, knowing that yes. the other five people are standing there with her yes. on board with what she's Have doing. Have her back. Yep, yeah, totally. That, that's got to really mean something for yeah. her. Um, yeah, I think for me, the thing I'm struck, I was struck with was the trust, right? So all that you're describing, that that structure is built on a foundation of trust. And yeah. I really appreciated, he talked about, I think, vulnerability and grace and yes. the idea that yep. those are the the two hallmarks of yeah. their trust building process. And yeah. Um, yeah, may it continue and may more uh, church leadership teams uh, yes. aim for that as well, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just add to... I love that it wasn't, he didn't, they didn't wake up and just start with a six person team, you know, moving from a one person to six person. Like it started in these subtle shifts of what he talked about was just um, letting people lead from where they're gifting at. And then realizing like, Oh, we're better when we're together. We're better when more people are at the table to make these decisions. So even if you feel like your church leadership structure can't move in that direction whole, you know, fully, maybe it starts with having just more input or having more voices at the table and then seeing yeah. where that leads. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think he used the term that he stumbled into. Yeah, definitely. That, but I think he, we can all agree. He stumbled into something really extraordinary, really Absolutely. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today for this edition of mutuality matters podcast. And if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. Feel free to leave us a rating or review us on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you love this episode, and how couldn't you with Becca and Scott, please do share it with a friend. I'm Rob Dixon, and with my co-host, Lila Van Gerpen, we'd like to thank our guests, Becca and Scott, and our talented editor, Landon Hook, as well as the whole team at Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast, and thank you for listening. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory or of its authorities or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. 